right, welcome back to the Super Centrex podcast. And guys, we have reached the finish line. I hope you're not out of gas. I hope you have a finishing kick here for State Week. With me, as always, DJ Ramirez, Chad Conine. Um, and so we have three teams in Central Texas playing for state championships this week. Abbott, Mart, and China Spring. So it's the ultimate stage. They're playing for the ultimate prize. And so let's break down these teams a little bit. Um, and we'll start with just sort of chronological order in terms of when they play. Um, and that would be uh, the Abbott Panthers going first. They play Albany. They play Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that in the script, too. <laughs> Albany is who Mark plays. Thank you for catching that. Yes, yeah. Westbrook, uh, which makes me think of Russell Westbrook. Uh, so, yes, Westbrook, sorry. Um, That's Albany. You had an aversion. You had an aversion to saying Westbrook. That's why you said Albany. Yes. Because of Russell Westbrook. Yes. As he's known around the NBA, West Brick. Uh, <laughs> yes. Albany would have an advantage over uh, Abbott if they were playing because they would have five have players. On the field. On the field. Yeah. <laughs> the six man game, Abbott and Westbrook. Thank you for catching that. Uh, so, what has impressed uh, you guys about Terry Crawford and the Abbott Panthers? Uh, uh, well, I mean, I think they lived up to the hype, I guess, you know, the whole season, you look at the stats coming in and, uh, even though they lost their best player, Riley Sestala, they still had guys that stepped in mainly, uh, Mason Howell. And, uh, it's just, (laughs) it's just, you know, they, I, I didn't get to watch a lot of six man football. I got to cover that one game out in early. Um, and, and they were impressive, uh, and, there was a lot of math involved, so I'm glad you're standing Chad <laughs> to cover that game because my my brain couldn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it is a little different, obviously. First and 15, 80-yard field. Uh, the kick was worth more than the, the run in on a conversion or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a little different in six-man. But, uh, yeah, what were you going to say, Chad? Well, you know, I heard DJ say that um, you were glad I was being sent to cover the six minutes, but the, the the irony of that is they do stats for you at the state championship games, you know? That's so you kind of got the, the field makes my head hurt, dude. You got yeah. the raw end of that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, as you were saying, you know, they, they um, have replaced a piece and, and just kept right on going, and that that's impressive. What's re- and I just I just emailed my advance of the game to Bryce and what's really amazing I don't know how often we see this and and you're gonna see it as six man where you know if you get a couple of, couple of players in and, and or you know a few players you can really turn around turn things around fast but they missed the playoffs for three state straight years which is really strange uh, in Abbott they went to the state championship game in 2015 then they missed the playoffs in 17 18 and 19. And they had a group coming in that included Caden Johnson, um, who's the older brother of Carson Johnson, Abbott's current quarterback. And starting with the 2020 season, they have won 38 of their last 40 games. They got beaten the second round of the playoffs in 2020. They went made it to the state semifinals in 2021. Uh, Terry Crawford pointed out yesterday they played nine extra games the last two seasons. And here they are back in the state championship game for the third time, but it's their first time 
uh, playing at AT&T Stadium in Jerry World, as they said. Yeah, no doubt. The last time they won, they played out in Abilene. Uh, that was before kind of the six-man games. were. Actually, it wasn't. It wasn't. That was the year that there was some sort of scheduling conflict with AT&T Stadium, and they moved the rest of the games to NRG. Okay. But they put six-man in Abilene. Ah, all right. I didn't remember that little nugget about that, but that's good. That's good detail. Uh, yeah, I think y'all hit on it. To me, Abbott, and we've talked about it before, but they have uncommon depth at the six-man level. When you have 20-something guys on the roster, that could rival a lot of 2A schools. Um, and so the fact that they were able to, you know, next man up it uh, with when Riley Sestala got hurt, and uh, I know when I talked to Terry Crawford last, I don't know if he mentioned this yesterday, Chad, but uh, there was talk that Riley might be able to come back and play in the state game. Um, we'll see. I mean, obviously, broken collarbone. You know, I don't, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to sway things too much. But yesterday at practice, he had his arm in a sling on the field. So okay, uh, Coach Crawford told me that his collarbone fracture was closer to the sternum which makes it a tougher bounce back. Okay, gotcha. Well, Mason Hale certainly has picked up the slack, and so hopefully uh, Abbott can take it home against the bad shooting of Russell Westbrook. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, let's move on. Uh, So the other uh, game we have on Wednesday involves the mighty machine that is the Mark Panthers. Uh, they will play for the ninth state championship in school history. That's just mind blowing. Um, I know there's been a hundred years of UIL football or whatever, but still a lot of state titles, man, to win that many. Um, essentially you're winning a 10% of them. Um, so anyway, Mark does play Albany, correct? Am I right? Thank you. Good. They're in the two, a division two final, what does Mark need to do to kind of finish this off with win number 16 in a row? And does Albany even stand a chance? I want to be worried about Mark. <laughs> <Not winning. laughs> yeah. yeah. I was out there yesterday um, and I got there a little bit before practice started waiting for coach to come out. And there was already like a group of the players were like running drills and in, in, in like that in the kind of way that you, play backyard football on Thanksgiving kind of where you're calling out plays and they're running them. And, it, um, and it was just super relaxed. Like even after practice started when there was like a, a, a switch and everyone was like down to business, it still kind of felt like nobody was worried, especially about the other team. Like they're just going to go out, do their job and they're not worried about anything else. So um, I don't know. I feel good about tomorrow. And um, they've, they've had that chip on their shoulder the whole season about losing last year. So they're, they're, they're in it. I think um, I don't know much about Albany coach said something about they, they had a few players uh, when they lost earlier in the season, it was because of injuries. So I think they might have those guys back, but um, yeah, I'm really not worried about Mart losing this game tomorrow. <laughs> Chad, what do you say? Well, I've got, I've got a couple of points to make here. I was about to say a while ago before I froze up that uh, I got, uh, well, 
secondhand chastised by Matt Stepp of Texas football for uh, putting DJ on the spot in the podcast too often, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so I just wanted to make the point that uh, DJ jumped in ahead of me a minute ago. So I did not put her on the spot. Because I However, actually know what I'm talking about this time. <laughs> <laughs> However, I am going to uh, sort of contradict um, what she was saying about not being worried about Mart or Mart being loose. Um, because I guarantee you, Matt, uh, uh, Kevin Hoffman will not sleep a wink on Tuesday night thinking Sorry. about the Winthor's Trojans from uh, two years ago. Yeah, no doubt. That was a game. Again, uh, let's see. Mart would have been going for four in a row, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And and we were convinced that it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we thought Rodrell Freeman would be like one of the first guys to win four rings, mm -hmm. um, you know, and Winthorpe just outplayed him. And obviously surprises happen, uh, but I do think – feel like DJ's point is valid in that mm -hmm. uh, first you take that game, Chad, the Winthorpe game, and there'll be guys that remember that. Mm -hmm. And then there's guys that remember last year and falling a win short. I think mm -hmm. they're going to be so motivated and just mm -hmm. Mart with motivation is scary. You know, I mean, uh, that chip on their shoulder that DJ referenced, Man, I mean, you don't want to play well, when they when they got when they're just fired up, you know. And I think there's something about maybe uh, I don't know that that level that that two A level, a smaller school level, where you have all the kids. Like, there's always a story about these kids used to be the ball team, ball boys on the team that won state in this year, and and, and that type of thing, and. They're so closely related to the program, you know, that when kids get their first chance to play for them, play for it, even but they've seen it before, that's sort of a, a vibe unto itself. Whereas I also think there's like this thing where if you've won three in a row, I don't want to say they were lax against Winthorpe, but they, I think they probably expected to go up there and do their Mart thing and, and crush Winthorpe. And when, when that didn't happen, the longer the game went on, the more it tilted in Winthorpe's advantage. So, yeah. yeah, I can see a bunch of guys with their first shot at it and, um, and and wanting to get that championship back to more. I can see them, you know, handling this one. But I I can see that. DJ can see that. Bryce can see that. Kevin Hoffman, I guarantee you, will not be sleeping tonight. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. These mm -hmm. coaches, uh, this is what they do, man. I mean, they, mm -hmm. they worry. They sweat. They, you know, but uh, – that's what gets these teams prepared too. So, uh, all right. And then we have China spring. Um, and on paper to me, this just looks like the best matchup of the three games that we're talking about. Um, China spring was challenged by Decatur. You guys were at that game, uh, but the Cougars made the plays they needed down the Wait. stretch. Before we get to the matchup, can we talk for a second about how crazy it was the other night? Because yeah. there was like, like the last onside kick, I just had to like kind of wait for the people to come running out of the fog to see who recovered the ball. <laughs> right, DJ? Like it, you could not see, you couldn't see their um, guys on the sideline. 
mm-hmm. Decatur. You could not right. see anybody on that side of the field. And that was where the ball was going the entire mm-hmm. time, like late mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Like you couldn't see the fans on the other side. Um, the last touchdown. Decatur's last touchdown, I'll describe for you. I was, you know, keeping stats and and I'm watching through my binoculars, which really didn't do any good. And and they threw a touchdown pass. And I was like, guys, who caught that? And the other the other guys were like, uh, I, I guess it was number 13. And I was like, it wasn't number seven. Because I saw number seven go in motion out of the backfield. And I think that's who they threw it to. I mean, this is what we're dealing with, Bryce. That's <laughs> how little we could see. <laughs> And At so least. then the guy goes, the guys go, oh, okay, it was seven, maybe it was seven. And they turn to the, uh, the uh, coaches in the booth next to them and knock on the window. And they're like, well, that was that seven. They were like, yeah, that was seven. So. At least that will not be an issue on Friday at Jerry World. Right. <laughs> if there's right. fog at Jerry World, something really has gone wrong. Right. right. But uh, yeah, it was a weird game for sure. And China Spring pulled it out 33-27. I assume that's what the scoreboard said through the fog. Uh, <laughs> and. You know, so now they get Bernie, and to me, Bernie, you know, is a pretty tough challenge for China Spring. They come in at fifteen and zero. They have two shutouts in the playoffs alone, including last week in the state semifinals against uh, Chapel Hill. So, fill in the blank for me: China Spring wins this game if if. They managed to maybe find a way to throw the ball. I think that hurt a little bit this past game. And that had a lot to do with Cash McCollum just being hurt from the game previous. Like the one of the guys in the press box that was with China Spring was talking to us about how the trainer has said that Cash could not move his ankle yeah, uh, like in a certain direction. And so he should not have been running the ball on Friday. But there were just – I don't know if it was Decatur just reading uh, – the offense pretty well that they couldn't really find ways to get the ball in the air. And, you know, obviously the fog, it might not have been as bad on the field as it was for us, but um, yeah, I don't know. It just, a lot of guys were really um, maybe not up to the level that they usually are. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's just a little bit worrisome on that side. Um, of things just not being able to do what they usually are able to do. I think, I think uh, it'll be a really it, close game. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. Um, it looked like cash was really having trouble getting much on the ball. Um, they were throwing a lot of sideline routes and it probably got worse as the game went on, especially with the wet field that probably couldn't probably didn't help. Um, I'm going to answer your question by saying China Spring will win if their strength of schedule is what we think it is. Because I feel like throughout the course of this entire season, playing Seaverville in district, Anna in the playoffs, Decatur, you know, kind of maybe Decatur's kind of a Cinderella to get to the state semifinals this last week, but but a really good team. And they, they put up a, a, really, a really good game against China Spring. Because I look over at Bern, Bernie's schedule and – you know, they beat number two Cal Allen in, in the regional final, and that was a great win. But I don't see a whole lot of, like, you know, big-time challenges for Bernie up to this point. So um, I don't think Bernie has played the strength of schedule throughout the season that uh, that China Spring has played, and I think that's going to come – that's going to, you know, bring itself to bear uh, on Friday. That's a fair point. 
I think, you know, and this is no disrespect to Corpus Christi, Cal Allen, but uh, Cal Allen is one of those programs that wins a lot of games and then peters out around the uh, regional final round. And uh, Mm -hmm. so so they were probably overranked at at number two. Um, And again, I think, I think Bernie's going to give them a good game. I I liked Greg Tepper's uh, analysis on Twitter. He said something like, he feels like this is going to be the closest thing to like China Springs, Stephenville, um, you know, and so mm-hmm. we know what that game turned out to be uh, mm-hmm. right, right mm-hmm. down the wire with a field goal at, at the end to win it. And obviously if it does come down to a field goal at the end, Hey, China Springs might have got a pretty a good, good kicker, you know, yeah. Thomas Barr, uh, that kid, uh, you know, he's money. So, uh, that that bodes well for China Spring, but I I like that take Chad. That obviously China Spring has played tough teams. Uh, they played the Taps, defending state champion. Um, you know that was the one loss. But mm-hmm. you know, it, to me, even even teams like a down La Vega, you know, or they're gonna be physical. They're gonna challenge you. Um, you know, seeing Stephenville, uh, obviously, I, to me, that district was really, really good. And so just the battles that they have faced, I think that that certainly bodes well for China Spring and 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 being there last year, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, that, and uh, wasn't last year, Chad, um, Kyle Barton, wasn't he banged up going in the state game? He was. Yeah, yeah. And so this is his opportunity to kind of show out on the state stage. I can't remember how they spelled him in that game last year, but he he it was it was such a weird coincidence because Reed Mitna for Lorena and Kyle Barton from China Spring were both banged up in the semifinal game. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, uh, if if Gabe Watkins returns a block kick for a score, whether it be a touchdown or or a, a two point conversion. We're just gonna like, like I tweeted this week. We're gonna have to like create a super syntax block kick return specialist <laughs> for that for that team. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have and actually, name it after him. We we have actually discussed before. Remember, Chad? Uh, like, because there would be coaches that would sometimes nominate like a deep snapper or mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know something like that, uh, and. We've talked about things like that, like a special teams guy or, you know, whatever. But Well, actually, probably the solution is for uh, a, a um, patented Bryce Cherry column on the matter, you know, where, where you name the deep snapper and the block kick return specialist, right? And then people, like, end up, like, taking that for real and, and using it in their banquet and putting it on their resume and everything. It is for real. It is for real. <laughs> it's about as official. So, DJ, the story there is – the first time I did one of those kind of columns uh, where I went through and I, I, you know, I was like, all right, look, we have all these super syntax teams, but then we don't have them for certain individual sports like cross country and tennis and golf, because they, for one, you know, we don't have time to do 8 jillion super syntax teams, <laughs> but beyond that, uh, those individuals they they get named state champion, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you have a chance to win the golf state title or whatever. And mm-hmm. but anyway, I named like the super syntax golfer of the year for boys and for girls and tennis player and whatever. Anyway, some mama out somewhere, I think in West, I don't remember, 
was like, hey, my daughter was uh, was your cross country runner of the year. Uh, can I put that on her letter jacket? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Not as official as it's going to get. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, if I do write a column and we name uh, Gabe our block, block kick kick return specialist, specialist of the year, uh-huh. put it on your letter jacket, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, we'll say I do. Uh, you guys will be up at Jerry World tomorrow and Friday and should be a lot of fun. Another season in the books. All right. Good one. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, bye-bye. See ya.